Hey there, and welcome to the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Denise Lee, and I'm a life coach specializing in traumas and addictions. And today, I want to talk with you about recovering post-breakup. We're going to be talking about some really sensitive subjects, including abuse and mistreatment and infidelity. So listener discretion is advised, but why it is so important for us to discuss is because so many of us have suffered in silence going through horrific relationships and not knowing who to go to or even where to start. So we're going to open up this conversation and I'm hoping as you're listening to it that not only can you relate to it, but you can see your way through it. No matter if you're in a toxic, abusive relationship now or you are still recovering from the pain of it. All right. I want to support you either way. So stay tuned after this short break and we will get straight into it. Hey, 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 and we're back. I am so glad and excited that you are choosing to invest in your personal development and your understanding about who you are and more importantly, how you want to relate with others in the world. The Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast is not just designed for introverts or for entrepreneurs. It's designed for anybody who wants to know more about themselves so that they can be able to not just exist going through the motions of life, but they are living and thriving. So I'm just so excited that you are here and you are embarking on that journey, whether or not you've just started today or you have been on that path and you're just looking for other resources. If this is your very first time listening, make sure you hit that follow, subscribe button, wherever you're listening. That way, as soon as I drop a new episode, you'll be able to listen to it lickety split. And those of you guys who have been listening, I want to thank you in advance for sharing this podcast. That way we can amplify the message and that way we all can get along better with one another. I want to thank you for writing a review wherever you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Thank you so much for also uh, writing a review. That way it signals to other people that this is a podcast worth listening to and that way we can make sure that other people can be able to learn from our shared experience, strength, and hope. Because the fact of the matter is, we don't get better in isolation. We get better when we are able to communicate with love rather than seducing people with guilt or shame or intimidating people with threats. There's a better way. And so I'm so grateful that you are here embarking on this journey with me. Also, if you would love to send me a message, I would love to hear your sweet voice. Check out anchor.fm slash Denise G. Lee. There you'll be able to send me a voicemail message. Please be sure to let me know in the beginning or at the end of the message whether or not I have permission to hear your message in the next upcoming podcast. Also, check out info.deniseglee.com slash connect. There you'll be able to sign up to my free weekly newsletter. I drop them every Monday morning and it's full of vignettes and stories as well as some really helpful resources that can be able to put some positive rocket fuel for the rest of your week because Lord knows we all need that a little bit of help in every bit of our lives, personal as well as professional. So I want to be able to pop in your inbox and say something positive that may be really able to help motivate and inspire and encourage you to be better so that you can do better in the world. Also, check out my about story. You can learn more about me and why am I a life coach for entrepreneurs at denisetlee.com slash about, but all that can be reached through info.deniseglee.com slash connect. I know I just said a whole bunch of links and all that stuff. That's why, folks, I'm leaving a link in the show notes below so that you can be able to access all the many resources, articles, learning about how to work with me, 
uh, sending me a message about anything that's related to this podcast episode. And what we're going to be talking about is really more of a one-on-one session. It's not really so much that Amazing Attitude can't help. And for those of you who don't know what Amazing Attitude is, it's a course that I have. It's a self-study course, a 21-day program where I just hop in your inbox all day for 21 days. And there's a very special and unique and a very carefully laid out message from me to you, as well as some questions to ask you so that you can just do the work even deeper. It's not enough for us to have these conversations. And as much as I enjoy having these conversations, what I want us to be is very intentional about how we think, because beware of your thoughts, because they determine what you do. Beware of what you do because they turn into your behavior. Beware of your behavior because it determines your character. And beware of your character because it turns into your destiny. In the office, trying to make money. At home, trying to love your kids or your people that you care about and everywhere. So for a lot of us, we wonder why we haven't been able to achieve certain goals in our professional or personal life. And the reason behind it, it's no secret, spoiler alert, it's because of the way we think. And some of the messages, we're not even really conscious of the messages that we have ingested from our family and our friends and our loved ones. And that's why Amazing Add To goes so much deeper into what you think about and why you think about them. And obviously, I'm going to drop a link in the show notes below about your life script because all of us have been more or less scripted to believe certain things. And more often than not, those ideas that came from well-meaning family and friends and people around us and cultural laws are large was not necessarily in our best self-interest, okay? And so I am leaving a link for you to access my free life script where for you can just kind of unpack and really understand who you are and how you're motivated so that you can stop doing patterns that you know is contradictory to what you want to accomplish in your life and so that you can move away from that and move toward the things that will bring you joy, bring you satisfaction and understanding that even the worst moment can be used for your greater good, okay? So I'm leaving all those resources available for you. So go ahead and check that out. Now, again, this conversation we're going to have is listener discretion or is advice because for some of us, we know, we try to project that we are G-rated, but we live, forget an R-rated, we live in an X-rated life where we know about wars and infidelity and brutality. But for some of us, we just think that we haven't experienced brutality and heartache to the extent of other people. And so as you're listening to this, I don't want you to sit here and, and go, well, it wasn't bad as my story or was, or maybe my story was worse. I just want you to listen and say, is there commonalities that I can relate to? Because for some of, so many of us, we like to create space between how we feel versus what we perceive from others. And the fact of the matter is we are all struggling as human beings, learning how to relate with others and relate with ourselves to be quite frank. And so as you're listening, I, I don't want us to put up borders or erect boundaries around ourselves. We try to separate ourselves from other people. I want you to truly ask yourself, geez, how have I felt myself when I was going through my relationship? And I'm going to tell a story that is so common amongst men in the sense of men 
are very sensitive people. You're never going to meet a woman as sensitive as a man inside, okay? And you're never going to meet a man as tough as nails as a woman inside. It's called The Anima and the Animas. It was a wonderful book written by Carl Jung's wife, Emma Jung, that talked about how within us, we have the inside of our souls is either feminine for a man and a masculine inside our souls, masculine as a woman. And let me say it another way. What man in his right mind would give birth to an eight-pound baby? That takes a lot of inner strength and wherewithal and courage to be able to take care of a little baby in the womb and then and going through all those hours and pain of labor and delivery. That's why women can pick up and leave certain situations and and go through so many trials and errors. How many stories have you heard of a long-suffering woman? Literally, that takes strength. That takes a lot of perseverance. And it takes a lot of inner grit. That's why the woman has the soul of the animus, the male soul. And what guy doesn't feel as sensitive when he's not being able to be respected for his thoughts or being able to be recognized for his achievement. That's a sensitivity. Also, men have had tremendous impact in the world of the arts. That's why you've seen most world-class artists and painters and musicians alike are men. And I'm not trying to be sexist here. I'm just trying to illustrate a point. The point is that we all have two sides to us, masculine and feminine. And it's not about, we're not going into the stereotypes where all women are more sensitive and or, or, or masculine or all men are, you know, tough and brawn. Like we're not getting into this. We're saying that everyone has different temperaments. Some are a little bit more feminine or more masculine, depending on who they interact with or what they want to accomplish. Most women are wanting to feel good so they can do good. And most men are trying to do good so they can feel good inside. And that's the kind of energy that I talk about in Amazing Attitude a little bit more in depth. But the whole point I'm trying to make is that emotional heartache happens to all of us. But we don't often hear about men going through heartache and pain. And so I'm inviting you to, even as you're listening to this, write down some notes about like what have I given myself stereotypes about what I should and should not do as a man or a woman in a relationship or after the relationship? Because as I mentioned earlier, too many of us have not been able to share our feelings. Perhaps you were afraid of being judged or criticized. Maybe you didn't even know how to wrap your mind around what was happening. And we're going to be talking about a story that uh, surrounds a client, Greg. Greg, obviously, it's not his real name. I want to try to protect his uh, privacy here. But he was downright ashamed to admit to anyone, including me, his coach, the pain from his experience with his now soon-to-be ex-wife. And as you learn more about Greg and his experience, I don't want you to just kind of gloss over what I'm saying. I really want you to ask yourself how and what you can do if you are struggling emotionally post-op breakup because too many of us have been carrying the wounds of post relationships 5, 10, 15, 20 plus years. I remember I was just talking just earlier today with a another client of mine and um, she was just saying that she felt resentful that her her husband was still more or less supporting 
his ex-wife even after all the things that have happened between them and their and their past marriages so all of us are impacted from past relationships and then we inadvertently bring into our present relationships so just think about that as you're listening to a story like how has a past relationship which i thought i was over is really impacting me today okay but let's kind of go back and and let me tell you a little bit more about greg Greg is smart and he's witty and he's charming and he tries to be all things to all people. You know, just the other day I was telling Greg that, you know, I'm working myself to uh, regain more upper body strength and do more uh, pull-ups. And he's, and he's, my Greg looked at me and smiled and he said, well, you never know when the next zombie attack happens. So you have to go climb over a wall. So he's got a lot of humor. He's got a lot of jokes. And he could relate to athleticism because uh, as a younger man, he, when he was not making straight A's in school, he was always on the field, track star, always going at hard, just trying to be fit and just have a healthy body. And as he was trying to please people on the court and on the field and everywhere else, he was also trying to appeal to people around him. Never disappointing, he married his college sweetheart as soon as he got his degree. But his Greg's life wasn't always picture perfect. His then girlfriend was extremely concerned about Greg's whereabouts and activities. While they dated, she would frequently call him up and inquire about his activities like, where are you doing? Or where are you going? What What's going on in your life? And he was very loyal and never really thought too much about it and he never even thought about cheating never thought about doing anything because his mother was largely absent in his childhood home because of her addiction to alcoholism so he was just grateful to have a woman around him and in fact if anything he felt like he had to always overcompensate for his soon-to-be ex-wives insecurities and jealousy and all of that stuff because he just felt that he wanted to do his best and not be a disappointment to his his woman because he always felt like he was a disappointment to his mother because he couldn't save his mother from her own alcoholism issues are you getting what i'm trying to say how we build in stories from our past into our present and it impacts how we behave because of the things that we think about okay just think about that but going back to the story against all concerns and friends from and family he got married shortly after graduation, and their marriage was rocky, to put it mildly. On top of the stress from an unexpected and difficult pregnancy, Greg had a very chaotic work life from a very demanding boss that wanted him to work no less than 50 hours each week. He also had to travel constantly, and while he was on travel, he was accused of being having affairs with other people um, and when he returned back home, he was greeted with insults about his clothes, his weight. He put on weight over the years from constantly eating out junk food, not being able to exercise as much as he wanted, and the ability to provide financially. And the moment of crisis came when Greg was diagnosed with stage two colorectal cancer. And I guess illness was the last straw for Greg's wife. She filed for divorce, and it was revealed that his spouse, in fact, was having the affair with a neighbor of all people, the same neighbor that smiled and grinned and nodded and pretended like everything was peachy keen between him and Greg's family and everybody else. Irony of all ironies. 
But Greg did everything that he could to keep his marriage, even when he saw the host hostile behavior and ir often irrational behavior of his, his then, I guess, soon-to-be ex-wife. He supported her financially when she wanted to go back to school and get her master's degree. Greg wanted to make sure that his kids attended the best of the best private schools. And he felt it was 27 years of his time and energy went down the tube when he finally came to his wife and admitted that he was struggling emotionally. And on top of that, he was sick and fearful of dying. His wife evidently turned to him and said, you know, well, I hope you die so I can collect the money. And it was in that moment, a light bulb clicked in his mind and he just grabbed a suitcase and he just went to stay at a friend's house and slowly started to realize the gravity of the relationship and how it impact him. And then he got served divorce papers at through his job a few days later after that. And so I'm not going to sit here and say the story ended happily ever after. You know, we, Greg and I are still trying to work and understand the gravity of how that betrayal, real betrayal, um, emotionally and financially impacted him. And look, anyone who's listening who has gone through issues of infidelity or financial abuse or sexual abuse or emotional abuse, like this is real. I'm not going to try to downplay it. I want to stay positive, right? You know I want to stay positive, but there ain't no way of sugarcoating this. This is some really hard stuff, and especially pain that came from the ones who said that they would protect and provide for our needs, the ones who said that they would vow to be with this through thicker and thin. Sometimes people will only say through the thin. And the fact of the matter is, as I was listening to Greg's story with his, his soon-to-be ex-wife and learning more about how he grew up in an alcoholic family and how he always felt like he had to be the smart and the sophisticated one, never complaining, he was so oblivious to the pain inside that never got healed. He more or less attracted someone to replicate the same old childhood pain. And so as you're listening, I want to ask you something. Are you inadvertently attracting people that repeat the same pain from your past? Perhaps you had a condescending spouse. And when you think about it, man, my mom or my dad was always condescending. Or perhaps you always felt like you couldn't measure up with your current partner. Ask yourself, is there a repeat themes no, I remember a very, very painful conversation I had uh, a few years ago with uh, a friend and he was telling me that the first and only person that ever stabbed him was his then girlfriend. She took out a pocket knife and literally was trying to stab him in the gut and it ended up slashing him through the thigh. And I asked, I and then in retaliation, he punched her and I asked him, I said, was she always violent? And he said, no, but I said, well, let's really dig that back. Was she ever really violent? And he said, well, she would constantly get into fights with me and yell at me and slap me and, and push me around. So I said, she was escalating to the point where she literally got out a lethal weapon. And 
even after that incident with, with the knife incident, he still stayed with her for five more years before he ended up deciding to leave and, and part with because he didn't find out until m- months later that his, uh, his then ex-girlfriend aborted their child without his knowledge or consent. I'm not going to sit here and go whether or not you should be pro-life or pro-choice. This is not that conversation. This conversation is about, are we in relationships with people where trust is violated, where we don't feel safe enough to share our needs and our concerns and our wants? Are we in relationships with people that have really betrayed us right down to the core so that we begin to question and wonder who we are and more or less what we want out of this, this world? Because some relationships can get you not wanting to live afterward because they sh- they rock you to the core and make you really doubt everything, including who you are and, and your worth and your merit. And I just want to let you know that that pain is real and I don't want at all to minimize it. And nobody should minimize and say, well, there's always going to be someone better. Well, yes, there's going to be someone something better. But in the meanwhile, we can't just gloss it over. We're going to have to work and heal about, through this pain. And so I've got some questions that I, I want to ask you. And I'm hoping that as you're listening to it, you're going to ask yourselves the deeper question about who you are and what you want. And the first question I got to ask you is, what attracted you to your partner? Where they initially so overwhelming you with love bombing constantly calling you and checking up on you and seeing where you're doing that's called love bombing and that's not realistic nor practical to sustain a long-term relationship only when we feel insecure and down in ourselves and our self-worth are we even receptive to that now if we are secure in ourselves and who we are we will question and wonder, why is someone like downright obsessive about us? Why are they constantly calling us seven days a week? And why are they always wanting to talk with us all the time? And why are they always wanting to be with us? Because if, when we're emotionally secure, and we're healthy, we have outside is- issues, we have bills to pay, we have things to do, we have things that we want to accomplish. So why are we suddenly the instant focal point for everything that they want to do? Not to say that we can't be smitten or affectionate, but if we want to spend every waking hour with someone instantly, you got to wonder what's going on. Are we asking ourselves why we are attracted to certain people? I really want us to ask ourselves because when we ask ourselves, we're maybe able to unpack and, and see what issues within ourselves need healing repair and that's why I have amazing attitude that's why I have my life script want to drop those links in the show notes below because I want to make sure that I'm fully supporting you the other thing that I want to ask you is when you meet that spouse that dream spouse or whoever are they constantly telling you about how sucky that their mom was or their dad was or the last partner was because here's the thing it takes two to tangle in a past relationship when something ends we both have to both partners need to understand where they fell short. If someone is constantly talking about how the other person fell short, you got to ask yourself, are, were they even objectively looking? And if you they constantly talk about how terrible their mother or their father is. Now, here's the thing. If you have dating someone and they talk very illy about their opposite sex parent, meaning that if a mother talks illy of her father or a mother talk sorry, or a 
a, a, a man talks illly of his mother, oh gosh, watch out because what's going to happen is they're going to make you pay for the sins of their of their opposite sex parents. Because here's the thing, we tend to mirror and replicate the same re- relationship dynamics that we have achieved at in our home life. For example, I, I think about my ex-fiance, not my, my current husband, but uh, I, I used to be engaged with somebody else and thank God I never got married to him. But I remember he told me prior to our breakup, he was mad that I didn't want to be more or less his mother. I remember I said to him, I don't want to be your mother. And I remember the saddest look on his face. And I remember how domineering and very controlling his mother was. I mean, let's be honest, like my my then ex-fiance, my ex-fiance's mother was so controlling, she even bought my wedding gown. I mean, that's how controlling she was because everything had to be done a certain way in a certain style. And I would have been miserable trying to mother a grown-ass man as a, a young woman myself. And I know there's a lot of women who like to be able to con- com- compete, conquer, and control over their spouse, but that's no way to have a healthy male-female relationship. Well, unless you care for it, but I prefer and I prefer that my clients have healthy male and female relationships where one energy is dominant feminine and one energy is dominant masculine is typically the dominant masculine energy is the man and the dominant feminine energy is the female but I know understand that there's nuances for same-sex relationships and the like but the point I'm trying to make is that for us as human beings we're going to have to be very clear about how we have related to our parents and then understanding how that impacted our personal relationships. And as I talked a little bit more further in the story um, with, with myself and understanding how I related, I could realize that I was bringing a lot of garbage from my own relationship with my father into not just my, uh, my then ex relationship with my ex fiance, but in some extent even my current marriage and it took a lot of work to understand and repair and be and and heal from some of those wounds and and definitely I'm talking about with my clients, including Greg, about what happened then and understanding like, okay, going forward, how do you want to relate going forward? What matters to you? What kind of spouse or what kind of partner are you looking for? And why does that matter? So many of us say, well, I want someone nice and kind and funny. Okay, yeah, sure, that's great. But what about how we can be able to communicate? Do we want someone who can be able to meet us at certain needs when we feel uncomfortable? These are the questions that I want you to be able to ask yourself because it's not enough to say, okay, let's heal and repair, but let's not prevent train wrecks into the future. What does that really look like? So I hope as you're listening to this conversation that first and foremost, I hope you understand that I am not assigning blame or shame for anything, any verbal or physical or sexual abuse that happened at the hands of a past partner. No one's trying to excuse it. What we're trying to do is understand why we were attracted to someone that caused us to doubt our confidence and our self-worth and literally suck the life out of us so that we can be able to heal from those old wounds and be able to attract other people and that going forward that even though they might not make our long-term qualifications as a life partner, at least we can upgrade for a better partner in the next subsequent relationship.
Now, I know I said a lot of very sensitive things, and I really want to fully support you. So please don't hesitate to send me a message at anchor.fm slash Denise G. Lee. Send me a message via info.deniseglee.com slash connect. However, it feels comfortable for you. And I just want to explain something more importantly is that just because you may have had a bad relationship, please don't assign it as that you are never going to be able to have good relationships going forward in the future. It just means that there was lessons that need to be learned so that you can be able to upgrade and have something better in the future. And by no means is your life doomed. We're always learning. We're always improving. So there is hope, but it requires healing. Okay. So if you like this podcast, please be sure to share this particular episode. It's a very sensitive subject. And I want to be able to support other people who who have or are experiencing or perhaps contemplating breaking up a, a toxic relationship and they don't really know where to go or how to start. So I want to be able to support them via this message. All right. Now that's it. Thank you so much for listening. Take care and be awesome.